Grace is gone today. We have several members of the worship team gone today. And God did not give me the gift of music. I'm just telling you this morning. So, so we hate doing this, but it's okay. We're going to have, we're gonna have a worship music on videos today. So if you would stand, let's open uh, with song this morning.
it's kind of like when you've been gone for a while, and then you don't have it there, and you're like, man, I really miss that. We need to appreciate our worship team, right? Because I miss them when they're not up here. So I don't tell you guys enough, but I appreciate you. And so, yeah, all right. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, we got a big day planned this afternoon. We got a whole lot going on this afternoon uh, at Fall Fest. And uh, so I hope you come to that today. I'm glad you're here to worship with us. Don't know about the bonfire, right? Like, man. We, we, uh, we don't want to burn down half the county. I think we're under like a red flag advisory, so it may be bad if we try to burn today, but we'll have a fire pit or something. Like, we're going to burn something, but I'm excited about today. <laughs> I'm excited about today. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, that we can come here today freely, uninhibited, Lord. There's many of our brothers and sisters around the world, God, that just absolutely cannot meet and worship freely without under a threat of arrest or even death, Lord. And so for us to be able to come today and gather and sing praises to you, uh, Lord, uh, through video today, I'm very thankful for our worship team, Lord, uh, uh, for that. But, But that we can even come and do that today, Lord, I'm thankful for. And we should never, ever, ever take for granted that we have the opportunity to do that and not neglect meeting together. And so, Lord, I'm excited for today. It's going to be a great day of fellowship and fun. Uh, and, and, Lord, I thank you for the activities team and all the hard work that they've put into today uh, and doing this and organizing this for the church. Lord, today we want to worship you. We want to worship you in song, in giving, and the teaching and today, Lord. And I just love you, and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. That's what.
Years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burdened soul found liberty At Calvary Now I've given Jesus everything Now I gladly know as my king Now my raptured soul can always sing of Calvary Yeah Yeah There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my Salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Yeah, yeah. Your mercy and your grace was free. There, your pardon multiplied to me. be seated this morning. So yeah, let me clarify. Dave, Dave, uh, Dave is our media team director, and he does an amazing job. And we love to aggravate one another. And I, he, I, I think this mic cuts out. So, like sometimes I'll be talking and it just goes like blank. 
And Dave's like, no, I don't think it does it that much. And I said, well, Sunday, let's count and see how many times. So after it cut out there, I'm like, one, Dave. And you guys are looking at me like, what is he talking about, right? Because me and Dave are aggravating one another about it. So I had to clarify that. Skylar, where's Skylar? Get up here. I got a Bible. We had baptism last week. Congratulations. There you go, sir. MacArthur Study Bible. Congratulations. That was an exciting week last week. Okay, a couple of announcements. I have a card uh, here. I know. Let me read this to you. You guys really have stepped up here. Dear Crossbridge family, words cannot express how deeply our family appreciated your prayers, love, kindness, sympathy during the time of our mother's uh, illness and passing. The hugs, sharing of tears, food, emotional and spiritual support we received, uh, it was instrumental. Thank you for the beautiful memorial stone. I will treasure it forever with all the love, Brenda and Tom Espy and all the family of our mom. So, uh, yeah, pray for Brenda and Tom and that family. Is, uh, I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Love you guys and thankful to be here. Tammy wanted uh, me to announce this. Christmas Craft and Gift Festival is going to be November 5th from 9 a.m. to 4 at uh, Marshfield Church in the Nazarene. You and the, all the... All the uh, Donations like diapers, they're going to be collecting diapers for Choices Pregnancy Center there. So if you want to come to that, please see Tammy uh, for details on that. So announcements for today. Fall Fest starts at 2.30. That's when the kickball game kicks off, right? Um, and I had, you sent me a message, I don't have my phone on me. Dana, can you stand up and tell me, and I'll repeat, what all we need to do this afternoon? Just 2.30, everybody come, bring a lawn chair. That's it. So if you want to judge, right, 440, you cannot have an entry and be a judge. I know we're a bunch of cheaters in here, don't we, right? So if you don't have an entry and you want to judge... Be there at 440. Some of them may be hotter than a firecracker, right? So if you can't handle that, I don't know. We don't know, but uh, be there at 440 for that. The kickball game starts at 230. Uh, what else you got? What else tur what tournament we got? Cornhole tournament. There it is. It's all right there. Just look up there. Uh, it's all right there. And then we'll have a fire. Fire pit? I mean, something. We're burning something, but we'll, yeah, so uh, it'll be fun. So I encourage everybody to come. The address is up there also, 2401 Turnbow Road at 2.30 this afternoon. It's going to be a great afternoon and evening. Just bring your lawn chair and let's sit and talk. Uh, there's a lot of you that maybe I haven't had a chance to talk to one-on-one. -on -one. That's pretty much what I'm going to do this afternoon. I want to visit with people. So come and talk to me if I haven't had a chance to get to know you please come and let me visit with you, and I'll get to know you, and you can ask questions of me about the church and the whole nine yards. So it's going to be a fun, uh, fun day. Also, this Wednesday, are you still wanting people to sign up for tables? How many we got? Six tables signed up for? We've got all eight signed up? Okay, so you don't need any more volunteers. If you want to help with tables for Wednesday night, guess who is dressing up and ordered costumes this week. Yeah. Samson and Delilah. All right? So come Wednesday night. She's going to be Delilah. Yes. And, and you know what? I didn't even have to talk her into it this week. She just willingly did it on her own. I was really proud of her. 
It was either that or Eve, right? I don't know, or, or Bathsheba. I don't know, I can't remember what I said last week. But anyway, so, so this Wednesday night, we're going to have tables set up on the outside with games for the kids. It's going to be a good time Wednesday night. So no normal classes Wednesday night. Everybody's going to be up here. We'll have dinner uh, beforehand at 6 o'clock, pizza at 6, then games. After service today, if we could, only take a couple of minutes, the outside four chairs, we're going to move them. We're going to scoot, scoot all the other chairs to the middle. We're going to move the outside chairs into the side classroom, okay? So we'll do that at the end of service for uh, the, the game night, Wednesday night. November 6th is Veterans Day. I want to announce this again. If you're a veteran, please send a photo to the media team at mediateam at crossbridgechurch.net. So please send that because uh, we got something special we're doing for Veterans Day on November 6th. Also, Operation Christmas Child. We're going to be packing those the end of November. The end of November, those are getting packed. So please bring those items in. We got a couple of lists. We put them online under the Crossbridge Splash page. I know they're there. Uh, so look on Facebook under the Crossbridge Splash uh, page. Anything else on announcements for today? Any questions? Yes. Please bring a spoon for the chili. Okay. We're not dipping our hands into chili then. All right. All right. Yes. Women's pottery class, November 6th from 1 to 4. Okay. And please prepay. Okay. By next Sunday. <laughs> what game are you talking about, Pat? <laughs> $25 a person, is that what you said? $25 a person, November 6th, 1 to 4, ladies. Coffee, breakfast this week for the ladies? Tuesday at 8.30 at Mom's. Tuesday at 8.30 a.m., ladies, for breakfast with one another at Mom's. Anything else this morning that I forgot? Okay, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering, and then we'll have a couple of worship songs here before we jump into God's Word together. So let's bow, bow your heads to me as we pray and bless our morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you. Uh, and, and, Lord, part of our worship is obviously giving back uh, to you, God, what is, what, which is yours anyway. Uh, we're just managers, Lord. And so let us be good stewards, good managers this morning, uh, God, and give back to you. Use this to further your kingdom, to fund our missionaries, Lord, to, to spread the gospel here and far and all over the world, uh, Lord. And in everything, we love you, and I thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. i 
All right. All of our uh, kids, second grade and below, can go down to Children's Church if they'd like to at this time. If you would, uh, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. Matthew chapter 5. So here's the deal. I've got two passages of scripture. I have a bunch of scripture today, actually, but um, the, the two passages we've been going through is Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, talking about spiritual warfare. And I thought I was going to mix in probably a couple of sermons on those fiery darts of Satan, correct? Uh, we've talked about one of those already in forgiveness. Today is another one that I want to talk about. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. This is um, probably the most famous sermon ever given by our Lord Jesus Christ. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. And this is absolutely a dart that Satan used to destroy. That's two, Dave. <laughs> We're going to do this all day, aren't we? All right. We're gonna, that, that Satan's going to use to attack you. He's going to use it to attack you, your family, your ministry. So we need to talk about this. He, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 uh, through 26 says this. You have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Let us pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, to preach and teach your word. And uh, Lord, I'm excited about uh, today and, and this message, Lord, because I, I believe it affects many of us, Lord, and we don't think about it in the same terms that you think about it, and we don't consider it how you consider it, God. And so, Lord, I pray today that we will have a mind for what your word says, and that we will follow what you say right here in this passage, and how, how serious you take this, and that Satan can use this absolutely to destroy our witness, to affect our relationships with one another, with our relationships with our family, Lord. And so I pray today, God, that we look at this sin and we, and we think of it like you think of it. Not on our own terms and try to dismiss it, but we look at our sin the way you view it. That you died for it, God. And so, Lord, I love you. I thank you for today and the opportunity to be here. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I don't do this all the time, but it's been... I, wanna, I, may, be, I may start doing this a little bit more. I like to recognize our kids, right? And so, Friday night, I love recognizing your kids. Friday night, Varsity at Springfield Catholic put a whooping on Springfield Catholic, right? And so Travis, stand up. Travis, starting wide receiver and corner, perfect. Not you. Are you a starting receiver for Marshfield? You're like 40 years old. Come on. <laughs> starting wide receiver and corner for Marshfield. Great game. Good job. Big thing. Yes, good job. My football team went to Branson yesterday and thumped the Pirates. We like put the Pirates in jail and we, we, they're no longer pirates. They are like, we thumped them. It was pretty bad. Sydney went to state yesterday in cross country and is the number seventh 
ranked seventh grader in the whole state in class four and five in cross country. So she did really good. Any other accomplishments by your kids that I can talk about real quick? Anything? Good job, Sarah. All right. Anything else? Yes. We beat, what grade? Set, eighth grade beat Reed Springs. Good. Anything else? Okay. I like doing this, but here's the deal. My football team is now in Bible drill, and you boys better study up. Because as good as we are in football, we better be just as good in Bible drill, right? Alan. Let's hear it. Second round of districts in volleyball. When do they play again? Tomorrow. Okay, it's home? Home? Jeff City. Okay, all right. Go get them. All right. Go get them. Anything else? Okay, let's jump into God's Word together. Here we go. So this passage, um, guys, this is extremely important. You know that I love going through evangelism by Ray Comfort. I love the model that he uses. And what he does is he uses God's word to show us that we have violated a holy God. That's what God's law is. God's law shows us that we are guilty before him. And so when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, the first thing I ask them is I, I, I point them back to the Ten Commandments. And I talk to them about the Ten Commandments. And in verses 21 and 22 in this passage... That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He is taking the sin of murder, and he is taking it to a whole nother level. When, if I was to ask you if you've ever murdered anyone, most of us would say, no, we haven't. Because we would think, or most people would think, about the physical act of murder. That's not what Jesus even says murder is. Yes, there is a physical act of murder, but Jesus takes this to a whole nother level. And he says, when we insult somebody, when we call them a fool, when we, when, we are, um, when we have hatred towards them in our heart, then he says we are murdering them. And I think many times we don't think of it like that. We don't think of it like that. We let our anger get the best of us. And if I'm being honest this morning, when I get aggravated, I always don't handle it the right way. And, and, and I bet if I don't always handle it the right way, there's probably people here today that don't always handle it the right way. And that's what this is about today. Uh, so I want to start today by looking, we're talking about murder. But I think there's many ways that we can murder someone in our life. And Jesus, it's about anger today. So here's, here's some ways, and we'll start off with this. Here are ways that we can, we, we can murder our brothers and sisters in Christ. Number one is obviously the physical act of murder, of murder. The murder rate in our country, the physical act of murder, is off the charts. In fact, they just named a, t a city in Missouri as the most dangerous place to live because of crime and the murder rate. It's St. Louis. St. Louis is now considered the most dangerous place. Springfield used to be one of the safest cities in the United States, not anymore. The, 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 the murder rates are skyrocketing there. And, and I, I want to tell you, there are, there are people in our country that would say that the guns are the problem. They would say the guns are the problem. I want to say I have tons of guns at home. No, one of my guns has never walked up and killed someone. 
The guns are not the problem. Sinful heart is what the problem is. It's not, it's not the, the act, that, not the tool, right? It, that's not the fault. The fault lies in that people are evil and sinful. And murder is evil because murder robs someone of their very own life. And we are created in what? God's image. So Jesus says here that when we murder someone, we're going to have to answer for that crime. And the person in, in Old Testament scripture, what, what happens to them? They deserve to be put to death. Old Testament law says if you kill someone, you are to be put to death. Even if your ox was to, to if your ox in, in scripture had a history of attacking people and you knew it and you kept it and it killed someone, guess what happened to you? You were killed. It, Jesus took the, the, God took the sin of murder a very, very high degree. And today, we don't have value for life like we used to. We, we can look at abortion and we can talk about abortion, but even just the general value of human life that people are made in the image of God. We, people are murdering one another at higher rates than any time in the history of our country. That's obviously one way, and that's the obvious one, right? The second one in verse 22 is hatred, hating someone, or anger. The Greek word here means a deep, brooding anger and hatred for someone. Are you guys hot in here this morning? Can we turn the air on? Because I'm, I'm going to be worked up before this is over with too, I'm afraid. So hatred, it involves holding a grudge or wishing someone to be dead. It's a hatred for someone. And so Jesus here reveals to us that you don't have to literally kill someone to have murdered them. That murder in your heart is still murder. Now what, is, what does scripture say about that? 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has, he, he, who he has seen cannot love God who, whom he has not seen. So if you say, that, oh, I love Jesus, but you have hatred in your heart for your brothers and sisters, you don't know God. That's literally what it says in 1 John. It's what it says. That's, that's hardcore. It says you cannot be a follower of Christ and hate your brother. Those things don't mix. They don't mix. 1 John 2.9 says that. It says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever... Whoever says he is in the light, but yet he hates his brother, they're still in darkness. Now, it reminds me. It reminds me of Saul in Scripture. Here he is on the way in, chapter, in Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but please re read it later on today. He's on the way to arrest believers. He's a persecutor of Christians. He holds the coats when, while they're stoning Stephen. They're stoning Stephen to death, and who do they hand the coach to so they can get a better velocity on their rocks, right? Who's holding them? Saul. What is Saul there? He's an accessory to murder, right? So Acts chapter 9, here are the brothers in the church. What happens to Saul? He's on the road to Damascus, and what happens? He encounters the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's changed. How's he changed? Because now he believes in who Jesus is. He puts his faith and trust in who Jesus is. And Jesus changes him. He saves him. He saves him. And in Acts chapter 9, just flip over there. I want to do reference a, a couple of verses. But in Acts chapter 9, Paul is converted. He's converted. He, he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saved. 
And now the church has a problem, right? Because one, one minute ago, this guy's persecuting them. Just a week ago, he's on the way to Damascus to arrest Christians, to throw them into jail, potentially to have them killed. He's persecuting the church. And in the span of a week, what happens? He's converted. Now he believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he starts preaching about Jesus. Now think about if you're the church. Think about if you're the church. Go to verse 26. I want to read it to you. 926. He goes back to Jerusalem. And this is what now the church is scared. And this is what it says. And when, when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. So here the, the brothers and sisters in the church had a choice to make. The believers had to embrace Paul as what? A new creation in Christ. Can you imagine how hard that was? Can you imagine how difficult that was for them? Paul at one time had hatred in his heart for Christians. Then he was converted, and then guess what? Now the church has to embrace him. Folks, that's the same thing with us. There may be people in your life that absolutely hate you before they're a follower of Christ. And then we have to embrace them as our brother and sister, not, still, not, not have uh, uh, anger or rage in our heart for them. That is conversion. That is a conversion in Christ. Here's the third way. Now we're going to start getting real personal this morning. This is going to get personal. You know how else we murder people? By killing their character or their reputation. Verse 22 in Matthew chapter 5 uses a word. The King James Version uses a word called raka. If you read the King James or, or you have it, it uses a word there called raka. And raka is an, a, 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 a word of slander, a malicious abuse. It's an arrogant contempt of a fool. The word for fool means it's a malicious insult. It takes raka to an even deeper level. So how do our thoughts and words, how do they murder someone? When we slander people for sport, what are you doing to that person? You are murdering that person. The body of that person may live on, but you have killed their name. You have destroyed their name. You know what I remember? When I was getting this, looking at this in these notes and thinking about this, you know what I remember? I remember a couple years ago when we had a Supreme Court justice appointed by the name of Brett Kavanaugh. Anybody remember Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings? You know what they did to Brett Kavanaugh for a whole week to two weeks? They murdered his character. They said things about him that they could not prove, that were not true, and they absolutely murdered his character. Now, some of those things he potentially could have done. We don't know for sure, but you know what we have in our country? We have in our country something called innocent until proven guilty. That you are innocent until someone is proven guilty. Many times, brothers and sisters, it's not that way that we don't look at people that way. We look at people like they're guilty until they can prove themselves innocent. That is not the way it is in our country. And let me say, the Bible, why are you talking about this? Because the Bible had the same standard. Where do you think we got that standard from? Scripture, Deuteronomy 17.6 says this. 
on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses, like the one who is to die shall not be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. So what did you have to have? You couldn't just lie about somebody and then get convicted and be executed for it. You had to have multiple witnesses. They had to be what? Proven guilty. They had to be proven guilty. Deuteronomy 19.15 says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime, for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. So here's the problem for us. You're like, how does this all tie in? When we go around talking in anger and spreading things about people, gossiping that may or not may may be true or may not be true you know what we're doing we're murdering their character if we don't know don't say it if you aren't involved in it don't talk about it it has nothing to do with you that's where this big word comes in and i think it's one of the most damaging things that satan uses to a church and uses to the body and it's called gossip it's called gossip. James chapter 1 verse 26 says this. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Man, that is some strong words. You know what that's saying? Jeff's hillbilly transla translation here, keep your mouth shut. That's what it's saying. Don't talk. Don't talk about somebody else. Don't even entertain it. Just be quiet. You know, you, know how, you know how gossip happens a lot in the church? I'll be honest with you. You know how it happens a lot in the church? Prayer request. Prayer request. Hey, I really need you to pray for Mary because Mary's having an affair on her husband. We laugh, but you know that's the truth. It happens as prayer requests many times. You think the Lord wants us to use gossip for prayer requests? Man, God is also very, very serious about how we, how we talk about Him and slandering of Him, using the Lord's name in vain. Using God's name in vain should be something that just does not come out of a Christian's heart. You know what I tell my children, and I even have to tell myself many times, what comes out of my mouth is what's in my heart. What proceeds out of our mouth is what's in our heart. Exodus 27 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will, hold not, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. What is that? You know what Ray Comfort does when he talks to people? I love how he says it. When he asks people, have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Many people go, well, yeah, of course I have. And sometimes they'll even say it to him. And you know what his response is? Would you use your mother's name as a curse word? When you ask somebody that, they go, uh, no, I would never do that. But yet you'll use the God who gave you life, the God who gave you breath, who allows you to enjoy his creation. You'll use that as a curse word. That's how he asked people. We should really think about this. Really think about using the Lord's name in vain. God is serious about how we use his name. In our speech. Because if we slander his name, we are misusing it. We have to be careful how, uh, what comes out of our mouths. Here's another way we kill people. 
seen this over and over. We kill their intellect. We kill their intellect. We talk down to people or make them feel like they're stupid or they don't know what they're talking about. Turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Verses 1 through 12. I want to read all of them. Romans 14, 1 through 12. It says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let, let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on a servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. What's that talking about? That's talking about if you want, if you do something in your life, or you have something in your life that you're trying to honor God with, that's great. But don't despise your brother or sister who doesn't do that. Listen, there are things that are laid out in Scripture. Christians are famous for doing this. Well, I'm going to do such and such to honor God. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it too, that means you're really not a follower of Christ. You're not as a high, on high a level as I am. Christians do that all the time. Or if you, don't, if you don't study the Bible like I do, or if you don't do it this particular way, then you're really not smart enough and you're stupid. And you need to get on my level. You know what you're doing? You're murdering that person's intellect. Listen, if you think you're on such a high and mighty level of intellect with God, you know what that should drive you to? Humbleness. Humbleness. Where you look at people and you say, you know what, I love them and I care about them. When it drives you to pride, you know what you do? You're murdering their character and their intellect. We cannot murder people's intellect. You know who murdered intellect in Scripture? Religious leaders. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Turn to Acts chapter 4. whole bunch of verses again. I want to read them again, though. I want to read them. I don't, I don't, want, to, don't want to not... I don't want to skip over anything. Acts 4, 1 through 13. Acts 4, 1 through 13. 
And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Ananias the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what, the, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And then verse 13, I love this. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. That's the key verse there. So they're standing before the council, Peter and John, and they give out a sermon about who Jesus is. And how this man was healed. And they're preaching. They're preaching the gospel. And then what does verse 13 say? They think, man, who are these guys? They're just uneducated, common men. Who are these guys? They're not anybody. They don't know anything. You know a way, you know, you know a way to sow dis- division and discord in a body? Is start ranking people by how long they've been a believer. Or how much biblical knowledge they think they know. Who does that guy think he is? He doesn't know anything. And you know what happens after that? Listen to me. You know what happens right after that kind of a statement? You're murdering his character. Well, they don't know half what I know. They just don't know. Here's here's the last one. This happens all over our country. All over. All over. People are getting killed every day by this. We kill each other's appearances. We kill each other's appearances. God created all of us unique. You are made in God's image. Not anybody else's. God created us in his image. When we slander people and call them worthless because of what they look like, you know what we're doing? We're calling, people, we're calling God a liar. Because he made them in his image. Psalms 139 Verse 13 and 14 says that. For you, David said, you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. God formed us. So when we slander people based upon their appearance, you know what you're doing? You're calling God's creation worthless. You know how people do this today? They, they take people with disabilities. And they look at them and think, they can't do anything. They're worthless. You know, I have a nephew that has Down syndrome that I think loves people more than I ever will. (laughs) Being honest with you, he don't see anybody different. The kid just loves people. He can just meet you and he will give you a hug. But you know what a lot of people would think? He's worthless. We can take a lesson from my nephew this morning in how we view people. 
You know, you know, God lays out this perfect passage on this. I love this. I love this passage. It's in 1 Samuel 16. He's going, Samuel's going to anoint the next king of Israel. And God tells him, go to David's, or go to, go to uh, Jesse's household. Bring out all of his sons. Jesse has all these sons. He lines them all up. Some of these sons are scrapping warriors. I mean, they're big. They're like Samson, right? I mean, they're, they're fighters. They're, they're, they're Jeff. No, I don't know. They're, they're, stop laughing. Stop laughing, all right? For, they line them all up. And, and Samuel looks and he says, surely this is the guy. Surely he's going to be the next king. God says, nope, nope. Goes through all the sons. Samuel's like, what's the deal? Do you have any other sons, Jesse? And he says, yeah, but just a little ruddy kid out in the field taking care of the sheep. Well, go get him and bring him here. And they go get little David. And they bring David. And Samuel anoints him as the king. And here's the verse. I want... I want I want you girls to remember this. Young ladies, memorize this verse. Because our world's evil. Ladies, memorize this verse. I want you to open your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, how many of you got a Bible? If you have a Bible, I want you to write this down. Get a pen out, write it down. Serious. Every lady in this church should be writing this verse down. Every one of you. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Here's the main part. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. You know why I get, I get emotional about that? Because I have three girls. I know what the world says about young ladies. And fellas, you better be telling your wives. I, I said this Wednesday night. Gentlemen, you better be telling your wives and your daughters how beautiful they are and how intelligent they are. And that their beauty comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and not by painting on a bunch of makeup. And not what kind of figure they have. Okay? God looks at the heart. Man looks at a bunch of junk. Find your worth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Man looks at outward appearance. God looks at the heart. When we judge people by outward appearance, we're killing their appearance. We're murdering their appearance. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. You know what that's saying, Jeff's translation? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Only what builds up, not corrupting talk. Next Sunday, ladies, I'm going to ask you to stand up and recite this verse, okay? I won't, but all right. So what, so I'm, I'm close, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going along today. What effect does this have? When we do this to people, when we murder people, intellectually, their appearance, in how we talk about them. When we do that, it absolutely has an effect on us. Here's how it affects us, two ways. 
our relationship with God is going to suffer. It is going to suffer. If you go back to Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, that's what it says. When we harbor anger and hatred, our relationship with God suffers. We, can, we become consumed about thinking about them, about worrying about the situation. Jesus says not to worship. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. That not to worship until you're reconciled with your brother and sister. In a practical sense, if I'm angry or I have hatred towards someone, I need to go to them. If someone's angry or has hatred towards me, before I sing, before I give tithes or offerings, I need to go to that person and be reconciled. Or my relationship with God suffers. I want to remind you of 1 John 2.11. Whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. It, our relationship with the Lord Jesus suffers when we have hatred in our heart. So John is saying we are blind because we're walking in darkness. Darkness means what? Evil. When you're walking in light, you're walking in Christ. Here's the second thing. What does the passage tell us? It talks about judgment. It talks about judgment, Matthew 5, 25 and 26. Jesus speaks an earthly example of an eternal truth. <coughs> he says, be reconciled with the person that you're at great odds with. Why? Because if you're found guilty, it's going to cost you. He uses an earthly example, it's going to cost you. Jesus is saying that judgment will be visited upon you if you don't Love people, forgive them, and don't have hatred and anger in your heart. Listen, here's, we, we've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm not going to read all through it, but I want you to highlight it or memorize it. Matthew 18, 21 through 35, is a biblical way to handle when you're angry. That's the biblical way. If you just remember Matthew 18, you'll find it. When you're upset or somebody's upset or you have anger or it's turning into hatred, just Matthew 18 them, if you just remember that. Matthew 18 them. So here's the, here's the review before we have an invitation. Are there ways to murder? Yeah, physically. I don't know that anyone's in here. Maybe somebody has, but physically murdered someone? No, probably not. Or you probably wouldn't be in this room with me today. But I guarantee you we've murdered people by killing their character and their reputation. Talking bad about them. Gossiping about them. Saying things that we don't know is true or not. In our society, we kill people's images all the time. We murder their image when they're created by God. The effects of that, our relationship with God suffers. And judgment's going to come. Now listen, I, I love this. Why, did, why, why in the world did you talk about this today? Because this is a way that Satan causes division in your families, in the church, in your homes. This is a fiery dart that we have to be very, very careful of. When you hear the word murder from now on, I don't want you to think of just the physical act. I want you to think of all of the ways that we can murder people. We have to be very careful. The effects is our relationship with God will suffer. Maybe you're here today. 
and you've been talking bad about one of your brothers or sisters. You're holding something against one of your brothers and sisters. You're murdering them. You're killing them. What do we do? We repent of our sin. We confess it to God. We agree with Him about the sin. Here's the other thing. I'm really challenging the church this morning on this. Didn't have it, didn't think I was going to get emotional about it. We have a whole bunch of teenage girls. We have a whole bunch of ladies in this church. Fellas, I tell you again, you better be telling them how beautiful they are inside and out. Encouraging them in the Lord. Because the world's going to encourage them another way. We have to be the example as men. We have to be the example as men. You know what I say? Would I want one of my daughters to marry somebody like me? If the answer is no, guys, change it. Get down on your knees. Confess your sin to God and repent. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Ace isn't coming, but I know we have a worship uh, invitation. I want to pray, and then we'll, we'll play that. If you need to come this morning, you can. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. For your word, I thank you for it being challenging, uh, uh, Lord. And I, I, I pray, God, that we're a church that's not killing one another. We're not killing one another. We're loving one another. We're encouraging one another. We're encouraging our young ladies. We're encouraging one another and just and, and being there for one another. And corrupting talk's not coming out of our mouths. Lord, that when we want to say something mean, we just keep our mouths shut, Lord. And we honor you. And God, I pray that, that we have our shield of faith up because this is a dart that Satan's going to try to sling at us. He's slinging it at our, at our families, our, our young ladies. And, and I, pray, I pray, Lord, that, that we, we're lifting one another up. We're loving one another. Lord, when we fail and we're angry and we do kill each other with our words, Lord, I, I pray that we repent of that. We get right with you. We get right with them. And, and, and in doing so, you're going to be glorified and honored, Lord. I love you today. I thank you for this church. Excited about this afternoon. It's in your name I pray.
thank you guys for coming uh, today. We've got a big afternoon. Uh, here's the benediction today. And, and I think this t- it ties in perfect. I think perfect what we talked about today. It's Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What's that saying? The things that I think about and dwell upon, what's in my heart, let them be acceptable to God. And what comes out of this sewer, because it's a sewer sometimes, let what comes out of this be acceptable in God's sight. You think about that. If what's in here is acceptable and what comes out of here is acceptable, we're doing good, right? And when it's not, repent of it, right? Repent of it. Last thing, um, fellas, my young men, my young men. You make sure that what comes out of your mouth about these young ladies is building up, right? And acceptable and pure. And that's for us too, fellas. It's acceptable in God's sight. 
All right, ladies, next week I'm going to have you stand up and say Psalms 16, 17, okay? You going to be ready? All right. What? First Samuel is what I said, right? What? I said Psalms, sorry. First Samuel 16, 17. Uh, okay, chairs. Uh, I'm going to close in prayer. Chairs, first, the four rows on the outside, if we could take them to a side classroom, and then the other ones are going together to get ready for Wednesday. Just make it easier on Jeannie uh, and everyone else. So let's close in prayer this morning. Thank you guys for coming. Invite a friend. Invite a friend. Come tonight. We'll have plenty of food. If we don't, McDonald's is open. We'll be good, right? But <laughs> invite a friend. We'll have plenty of food. Invite a friend. Come today. Bring a lawn chair, okay? 2.30, so you got a couple hours. Go and get something to eat, and then come eat more tonight, right? Okay. Well, let's close in prayer. Thank you for coming today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here, uh, Lord, to worship with my brothers and sisters, Lord, and to talk about something that's um, important. It's near and dear in my heart, and it's important, uh, Lord, that, that we're, we're not killing people with our words. We're not killing people. We're not killing each other, uh, Lord. We're, we're lifting each other up, and we're loving one another, uh, Lord. And I, I, I pray that that is the church we are going forward. And then we protect against this, this arrow that Satan is shooting. And he's shooting all over our country. It's just all over. Um, and so, Lord, I, I pray for that. Uh, Lord, I thank you. I love this body of believers. Thank you for all the hard work, again, the activities team. Let us have fun this afternoon. Uh, and in doing so, glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray today, Lord. Amen.